Good morning. The scripture reading for today is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 through 44. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For star differs from star in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Carrie Jane, for reading that passage. Before I start this morning, I want to acknowledge that we have someone physically in our presence that hasn't been with us for quite a while. Catherine Measure is back, so say hi to Catherine. We're glad. We're glad you're here with us this morning. Well, let's pray. Father, bless this congregation of worshipers this morning and open our hearts to the movement of the Holy Spirit as we hear your word proclaimed in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last Sunday we started our series on heaven with a great introduction, and now we are really going to get into it. Uh, People of all faiths, or even people of no faith, have a lot of questions about heaven, and those at Trinity Fellowship Church are no uh, different. We asked some people, adults, all the way down to little people, last week, what questions do you have about heaven? Here are some of the questions they had. Maybe you have these too. Uh, One question was, what will our bodies be like? Will we have bodies in heaven? What age will those bodies be? And we really hope it's 30 or below. What does God look like? 
How could God be in heaven if he never died? What will we be able to do? What superpowers will we have? And one big question is, can we fly? What will we look like? Can I pick my body type? What will we eat or will we eat and drink in heaven? Will everything that is good for us taste the best possible it can? Well, guess what? I'm not going to answer every one of those and any other questions you may have about our bodies in heaven. But we actually do have a lot of information from the scriptures about that first question I mentioned. What will our bodies be like? Because it is the resurrected body of Jesus Christ that is the only reason we have heaven. Everything about heaven depends on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So we're going to camp out in 1 Corinthians 15. If you have a device or your Bible, you can turn there. But first we have to go back to the very beginning of God's story in Genesis Genesis 1.27, we see the first bodies. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. These bodies were designed by God to be like him, to be everything good, to have good desires, to have good health. From the way Adam reacted to Eve when he saw her for the first time, good looking. And then... And then came the fall. Sin entered the world and the corruption of the bodies that God created and declared not just good, but very good. And in his mercy, God set in motion a way to make things right, to renew all that had been corrupted, body and soul, through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so when the Corinthians in chapter 15 Ask Paul the same question we're asking. What will our resurrected bodies be like in heaven? Paul puts the question in its rightful context. Paul, the question Paul answers is, how do our resurrected bodies fit in to the grand story of God? How he's redeeming and restoring all of creation to all that is good. And here's the main point Paul is making. That our resurrection bodies actually tell a story. Our resurrection bodies tell the story of God's renewal of creation. So we live now in the hope of new and everlasting life, body and soul. And how do our bodies tell that story? Our bodies tell what continues. So we care about them right now. Our bodies tell what changes. So though we're decaying, we have hope. And our bodies fulfill the good ending of God's story, so we celebrate in victory. Well, first, our bodies tell what continues, so they matter now. Look with me at verses 20 through 23, chapter 15, verses 20 to 23. Paul is talking to a church that's dealing with people in a culture where body is bad and spirit is good. And that's something that we in the church can even slide into sometimes, right? Let's just not talk about the body. We just need to focus on everything spiritual. But this was a huge problem for the Corinthians because with that lens, the bodily resurrection of Jesus is not just impossible, it's offensive. So hear what Paul tells them earlier in verse 20. 
But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam we all, as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own turn. Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Our bodies are not bad. They tell what continues. What Christ accomplished at his bodily resurrection continues until he comes again, when all who belong to him will be resurrected. There's no Christianity, there's no future resurrection, there is no hope apart from the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's no story. There's actually no heaven. That's partly why people get off kind of crazy when they think about what heaven might be like. You've probably seen the books, the movies, the TV shows. There's just everyone is trying to figure out what heaven might be like. But they're doing it often outside of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if the resurrection of Christ is not central to how you're looking at heaven, you're looking at a different heaven. So that's a way to kind of weed through whatever we see in here is the lens through which that person is looking, the lens of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If it isn't, it's up for, it's all up for grabs. When the Corinthians asked Paul about bodies in, re- in the resurrection, verse 38, he says, different translations say this differently, he calls them foolish, maybe even fools in your translation. Now, he's frustrated. That's actually a little bit harsh. The, the, the word is more accurately uh, translated with the sense of, you're not making sense. You're not thinking. Think about What I just told you, and he had in the previous passage, the point Paul is making is that if you heard what I taught you, if you know and believe that Christ bodily rose from the dead, then you already know what your bodies are going to be like. Now, they don't get it, and Paul isn't going to give up on them. This is too important. So he uses a metaphor to try to explain it. Verse 36. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. And then in verse 39, all flesh is not the same. Men have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, fish another. There are also heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. This metaphor tells us that there is a kind of flesh given to all of God's creation. You have a kind of flesh. Birds have a kind of flesh. And we're going to have that same kind of flesh. It doesn't change. It continues. If we look to Christ as the first fruits and we will be made alive as he was in heaven, we'll be the person that we are. We'll be a man or a woman, not a tree or a bird. When Jesus was on the earth, Mary recognized him, and so did his disciples. He ate, he drank, he cooked, he talked, he walked. 
when he was with them, they saw his scars, so we know that he still had scars. Those parts of his earthly body remained, and that continued for him. And we can assume that those things are going to continue for us. And it's likely then that just as Jesus' body told the story of his life, our heavenly bodies will tell the story of our lives and of God's work in them. If we have wounds of any kind, we'll still have scars. If we speak with a soft voice, we may speak with a soft voice. If we have certain skills now, we will likely have those skills in heaven. Andy Taylor will be running and leading worship, maybe both at the same time. Who knows? Alex Shirtliff will be doing some kind of music or cooking. And if there's a turkey, he'll be carving it. In God's design, there's something about being a person that necessarily involves being a body. So we'll be the same person. We won't take on the body of someone else or the personality of someone else. And guess what? We won't want to. We'll finally stop listening to the culture's messages and realize what a masterpiece God created when he made us, that he formed us in our mother's womb. That every bit of our body's experience, every bit of our physical and mental strength and joy and illness and weakness, all of that that we experienced was part of God's story to make us continually into all of who we really are, who we were made to be, and who we'll be for eternity. Verse 37 tells us we'll be the same plant, but we won't be the same seed form. We'll be the fully formed form. Well, if we understand that metaphor, we're still going to be ourselves, but more fully formed into God's design. If our body is thin, it will be a more beautiful, handsome thin. If our body is large, it will be a beautiful, handsome, large. We'll be who we are. But it won't fit any particular geographical or cultural or historical standard of beauty. There'll be no body shaming, no racism, no objectifying. Heaven's standard of beauty will be so much better than anything we've ever seen. And we will all share it uniquely, but together in this huge, dazzling display of the artistry and creativity of God. So how do we live now to participate in the story of renewal that God is telling through our bodies as it continues until Christ returns? How do we continue our bodies telling of Christ's story? Well, there's an obvious way. Honor it, right? Take care of it. Feed it. Work it. Rest it. But I want to think a little bit beyond that. Here's a few thoughts. First, we evangelical Christians are not Gnostics. We are not like the Corinthians who did not believe in the bodily resurrection. But that slide I mentioned earlier, wanting to focus only on the spiritual, is a tentacle of Gnosticism that is reaching into the church in ways that are in opposition 
to what the scripture says about the body now and resurrected. There are those who would say being part of a church isn't necessary to me being a Christian. Churches are so corrupt. They're all about power and they just hurt people. What really matters is the universal church and I can be spiritually connected to every Christian. I don't need church. There is definitely truth that we are all part of the family of God, right? But if we use this to withdraw from an incarnational, in the flesh community that disappoints us, and it will, then we're disconnecting the physical, the body from the spiritual, and that's not something that if you believe in the resurrection, it doesn't allow for that. When we do that, we're missing out on the renewal of creation that God is actively pursuing in and around us. And the church was intended to be a present, in-person community. Bodies and souls telling the resurrection story to one another. Some people are having to watch online. And we are so grateful for the gift of the technology that, we, that allows us to do that for those. But for those of us who can be here in person, what a joy it is to actually worship body and soul together. One more implication for today, short-term missions. Many people are pushing back hard on short-term missions trips. They're way too costly. Why not just give the money to the people? They're colonial in nature. And they just may do a little short-term help, but they end up doing longer-term harm. And I think all of those have a lot of validity. But what is God saying about his gospel story through the body that goes unheard when we remove the physical contact from the missions equation, even the short-term one? The body, physical presence that is often sacrificial, both to those who send and those who go, matters. So we can do now with our bodies what we continue to do in heaven. Sing, dance, pray, laugh, eat, worship with those that we go to visit together. It's just one way we prepare for the day when our bodies will worship together forever, fully in the design of our creator. Well, our bodies tell what continues, but until the resurrection They continue to decay. If you're a younger person, look around and you'll see that the older among us look just a little bit different than you do. Just a little bit. Speaking for myself. A wonderful, very active 97-year-old friend of mine said to me recently in her dear British accent, Don't get old. And we laughed too, we knew that was inevitable, but how do you and me and my friend, how do we have the hope and joy of what is yet to come when our bodies have a few more quirks and creaks every morning, when we die a little more each day? Well, we look forward to brand new bodies. Our bodies will be new. What does scripture say will change about our bodies in heaven. 
what will our bodies tell about what changes so that we can face decay with hope? Paul spells this one out directly. No metaphor to figure out. Verse 42. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown perishable, it is raised imperishable. We will have a new body that will require that will have no expiration date. I want to mention here something that is a, a current issue, um, cremation and burial. Cremation has just skyrocketed in popularity, mainly because of the costly uh, nature of burial. And a lot of Christians wonder, what, what's, what are the implications for us? If the body matters and continues, but the body imperishable but, but the body perishable will be raised imperishable, is creation a good option for a Christian? Well, I want to give you three thoughts. These are my opinion. Um, I'm going to give you different opinions. Uh, first of all, the body will be changed from buried perishable to raised imperishable. Either one of those, whether the body is embalmed and intact or in ashes and bones, either one of those is going to require a completely supernatural transformation that is not limited in any way by the power of God. Secondly, the cultural and biblical norm through the scriptures was burial. And there is value to a visual acknowledgement of this person. That body and soul, a whole person, they belonged to God and will be resurrected at his return. The funeral then actually becomes telling of the story of Christ's resurrection. So personally, I'm not of the belief that cremation is unbiblical or sinful. I don't think it's prohibited in the scriptures. If possible, I believe that this passage in the whole of scripture would suggest a preference for burial. But there, there is freedom here. Well, verse 43, continuing about the changes in the body. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. I've had the unimaginable privilege of being with two people in the moments where they passed from life to death. Maybe some of you have had that experience as well. In both cases, the passing was very peaceful, but it was difficult to watch, to look at the body. The body doesn't look so great in old age or disease or death, but the new resurrected body, yours, mine, Kelsa Waits, Jim Morris's, the body of any of your loved ones who have gone before, will be physically attracted before, beyond anything you can imagine. Glory. It will be glorious. Continuing in the passage, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. Death is the body's ultimate weakness, but every body in heaven will be fully capable of whatever is asked of it. Our new bodies will be full of power. What kind of power? Well, I can't answer the flying part. But we know Jesus walked through walls. 
So our resurrected bodies will likely have some powers that we didn't have before. Whatever it is, it will be infinitely better than it was before. Verse 44, it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. Remember when we went back to Genesis to begin today? Well, a little bit past that, Genesis 2-7 tells us that man came from dust, natural, and God breathed life into him. Christ is the last Adam, and his resurrection gave him a spiritual body, not a formless, vaporless, vapor-like body, but a body fully living in the life and power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what Paul is talking about here. So all of the struggles with the corrupted desires of the body will be over. Addictions to alcohol, to drugs, to pornography, to good things like food and exercise and work. All of those addictions will no longer exist because our bodies will be completely aligned with the Spirit's direction. Well, our bodies tell what continues in God's story of renewal, and so we care for them now, and they tell what changes in the resurrection. So we we face every morning's creaks and and strains with with hope. But then our resurrection body tells the fulfillment of God's story, the best never-ending ending that we can possibly imagine, a victory over sin and death that we can celebrate for eternity. The Arkansas Razorbacks, my daughter is one of one, had a big win over Texas A&M last weekend. Wow, the whole place went nuts. Yesterday they lost to Georgia 35 to nothing. Our win will be celebrated for eternity. Look at chapter 15, starting in verse 50. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. A day is coming when our bodies are going to declare the victory. Death's sting will be defeated. And the victory over sin is the gift we receive from Jesus Christ. And the victory of the body raising from the dead tells the story of that gift. If you are missing a loved one today... I prayed for all of you who I knew. I prayed for you this week as I was preparing. If the sting of death is a deep ache, sometimes an overwhelming grief, sometimes a just deep, intense longing to see that person one more time, to hear their voice, to touch their face, we grieve together with you but not as those with no hope. 
What a victory is coming. What a celebration that will be. And when it's hard for us to see what's ahead, let's point each other in that direction. And we'll follow the path that Paul set for the Corinthians in verse 58. All of this, Paul says, should result in something. Because we know the story, because we know how the body tells the story, because we know what continues and what changes, and the great way the story ends, Paul says, therefore, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Paul's telling a group of people who think the body is worthless and even evil, something to be avoided and then just discarded. He's telling them to let the story the body is telling affect them right now. Let resurrection hope guide everything about you. Stay on that path. Don't get sidetracked. Don't just exist in the work of the Lord. Abound in it. Flourish in it. Overflow in it. Whatever God has given you to do, do it with all of you, body and soul. Why? Because there's a future hope. Because this world, this job, this relationship, this ministry isn't all there is. In the Lord, we, above all people, have every reason every day to throw a party. We can look forward to a newness that we will enjoy like nothing we have ever enjoyed here on earth. As a friend of mine said said many times recently before he passed away, he would always say, but the best is yet to come. Well, here's a few applications just to take out the door and run with this week. Number one, do something this week in your body that brings you joy and brings God delight. Do something that you want to do the rest of your your life now and in eternity in heaven. If you walk on a treadmill in a health club, great, I'm all for it. But this week, go walk outside. Use your body to enjoy creation and think and pray about what will be in your future. Go to go ride a bike, go to the zoo, go to the arboretum, whatever it is that uses your body. And you may even discover something new. But enjoy how God made your body. And then look forward to what that will be like at the resurrection. And number two, very simple, and you've already done it, so you've already, you can already check this one off. Come to church. Come to church. Um, it is so simple, and yet uh, with our wonderful gifts of technology, it's easier than ever not to. But we're missing something of heaven when we aren't worshiping together in person right now. Both the person online is missing a little something, and we are missing that person's presence. Well, as we've seen 
all that we've seen today about the hope of those who belong to him, verse 23 specifies that that hope is for those who belong to him. If you are with us today or online with us, and you have a shred, a speck, any doubt that you belong completely and wholly to God, then we want to talk with you. We want to make sure that you know what it means to belong to God. Verse 50 tells us that it does not mean that you have done anything in your natural man or that we have done anything in our natural man. It's completely dependent on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so if you want to know that all of what we've talked about today is your future, then please, please talk with me or any of the pastors, elders. We'd love to talk to you. Well, I want to close with uh, a reference to one of those uh, wild heaven speculators, a show called The Good Place. I haven't actually watched The Good Place. Anybody watched it? Okay, I have a few. Um, Laura Dickerson put me onto the uh, the idea, but evidently The Good Place is a heaven-like place. Um, and when these people get to the good place, there comes a point when they realize that everything that they thought would be so great on you know, on earth isn't so great. Eternity is a long time. I'm not going to spoil the ending, but here's the point. What continues in our bodies, what changes, and the victory we celebrate in heaven is so new and so supernatural because of the resurrection of Jesus that every new day will be a new expression of the glory of God. The hope we live in now will not disappoint. What we do now will not get boring then. What we do and are in our bodies matters now and then. And these bodies will be renewed and magnified beyond our imagination, but directly and eternally connected to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's just one of the great hopes we have in heaven that we live in every day. If you want to hear more, come next week. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the bodies you've designed for us. Thank you that Jesus Christ came to earth in a body and was raised in a body. Let the resurrection give us hope daily of what is now true and what is will be true for those who belong to you. And let it change us, Lord, to live as those being renewed for the glory of of God until the day when all of creation will be made new. We look forward to heaven, Lord. May we live today and every day with our bodies in heaven's hope. In Jesus' name, amen.